Good morning, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful Monday morning. It's beautiful here in Florida, Justin. Thank you for uh, warm temperatures and um, all that you have in store for us again today. Help us, uh, help us to hear uh, truth, uh, words that uh, are encouraging. Uh, help our spirit to kind of squelch the noise in our heart and mind right now and help us hear from you, God. Thank you for Justin and his continued leadership. Um, bless him and Shelly and the kids and the ministry, the projects that he's working on. Uh, just ask for favor for him, Lord, um, and draw kids to him, draw students to him um, that, that you want to hear more about you, Lord, and to learn about you and to learn to follow you, God. We love you. Amen. Justin Wolfenberg. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, we're going to wrestle with this topic of, of poverty and how we help the poor this morning. I know it, the Bible is just chock full of crafting a heart and a care for the poor. And I know, at least in my early days of being a Christian and, and reading the Bible, I, I had a lot of zeal, but not a lot of wisdom. I remember once when I was working with a group of young people, I took um, a group of teenagers down to this poor area of town and just to clean up the trash right around Children's Hospital. And I was like, we're going to do this great service project today. It was just unplanned, went down to this thing. We're down there cleaning up trash and the locals there, one of the, one of the skies just lit into us and said, what do you guys think you're better than us? We can't take care of our own neighborhood. Why are you down here? Duh, 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 duh. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, what, what, what just happened? And I just didn't, uh, I, you know, my heart, I think was in the right place, but this idea of this, you know, the, the white saviors coming into yeah. the black parts of town, it was like just painful. They, they felt not loved. They did not, was not a good experience, you know? So that was an attempt where I was like, I, I lacked wisdom there. Well, I, I thought I was helping, but I wasn't helping. I was actually making people not feel good. And then there was another time where uh, there was a big homeless community that lives near our home. And so we walked down to the homeless community and we said, Hey, will you guys, there was like five guys there. We said, do you guys want to come over for dinner? And they said, yeah, we'd like to do that. So the next night they all came over for dinner. We had dinner in our backyard. They're kids are playing soccer with these homeless guys. We're talking about the Bengals and whatever, had this really neat meal with them and drove them home. And they were appreciative. They said, people give us food, but just sit down and have a conversation was just a gift, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, this is really neat. And so we developed the relationship with some of the homeless community there. And we had them over our house for dinner and they'd come over and take showers. We had a big Super Bowl party and they all came <laughs> and put, you know, bet some of the money they'd made on the corner there. We had like this time. And, and then we had this youth group. I was, was kind of some of my youth ministry days. We had this youth group. And so they got to know this homeless community. We'd be having dinner with them. One night we shared all of our stories in our, in our living room and like white suburban kids were crying and the homeless community was crying. It was like this sweet community we were having. And it was just a fascinating experience, you know, but I remember one morning in the midst of this whole thing, uh, I was about 8 a.m. I come down and there's like pounding on my front door, pounding on my front door. And I opened the front door and there's five federal marshals with their guns pulled 
no. <laughs> and all their cars like zigzag the street blocking the street. And I'm like, well, my heart, yeah, I'm pale white, heart's beating. I was like, I don't think I've done anything that bad, you know. But they were like, Do you know Steve Turner? And I'm like, I have no idea who that is. You know, they show me his picture. I was like, oh, you know, they're like, no, I'm like, no, that's I forget his name at this point. That's Fred. He lives down at the homeless community. He goes, that's not Fred. He's an escaped federal inmate, you know. And they're like, if you're harboring him in your house, you know, we're going to, you know, you could go to jail. I'm like, I promise you he's not here, you know. And so they started to fall down a little bit, you know, and I'm like shaking. My knees are shaking. I'm scared what's going on, you know. And uh, it was just crazy. Uh, so I ended up getting in the car with the federal marshals and they helped me. It was just really tough. I was really distraught. Uh, and so I had to like help them find this guy. I mean, it was, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy morning. And uh, so anyways, they caught this guy. He went to federal prison. He even got out back, somehow got back out of federal prison and showed up back at my doorstep and came over for dinner again. He's like, hey, I just want to apologize for the inconvenience I caused you. <laughs> God bless my wife. She puts up with the crazy things I do, you know, but, but through that whole season, you know, I got to know these guys really well. And they all told me the same thing. They all said, you know, Justin, I, all, I have family who are willing to help me. Yeah. I just am not willing to do what it takes to change, you know? Yeah. And that really broke my heart. And I said, Oh man. So I said, okay, you know, maybe this is not where I'm supposed to be helping, you know? And so I've, I've really learned that helping the poor is not simple. It's yeah. just not easy. It's not like, Oh, I, I hear young people. I say, we just need to give them a little pep talk and tell them they can be anything they want. I'm like, I wish, I wish it were that easy. Right. We'd all be doing it. Right. It takes a lot of wisdom. And I've realized I lack wisdom in my walk in trying to help the poor. But there's a fascinating stories in the Bible. And one of them here is in Leviticus, crazy, you can get wisdom from the Bible. But yeah. it says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you Gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. And so if you go into the story of Ruth and Boaz, it's a fascinating story. You have a widow, Ruth, right? When the Bible defines poor, it always defines it as a widow, an orphan, or a sojourner. And so you've got Ruth, who's a widow. And when she goes to gather and glean, she goes and she works for the day. She doesn't go and, and take a bag and get a handout. She actually has to go and work and get the food. <laughs> or when the grapes are down on the ground, they had to go work and pick them up and then go do something with the grapes. But when we're helping the poor, it didn't necessarily mean in, in the scripture, uh, not that we shouldn't do this sometimes, just to give someone a handout or line them up in a soup kitchen, and give them a meal. And what I think I've found is there's something that you strip a person's dignity when you just give them a handout, you don't give them that inner self. So they may appreciate it. It may meet a short term, short term need, but it actually hurts their dignity. It actually hurts their self-worth, which just spirals them into a worse and worse place. And so, Jerry, I've really appreciated you and I. We're trying to help the poor and it has not been simple, <laughs> uh, but we're trying to do something. And, and, and one of the ways we're doing this is with our cap program, with our conduit apprenticeship program, we're saying, how do we help break generational poverty? And we're like, what if we put kids on a work crew and had them work uh, and learn skills in carpentry and construction and remodeling? And we were even crazy enough to try to start this in December 
when it was cold to build a deck, right? Which is kind of thinking of like, it must've been just you and I in the room. No sane person would have said, this is a great way to launch this thing, right? You know, So we're building this deck in December with a group of inner city boys. And, and it was, there was a lot to learn. We have a tons to grow on this whole thing, but it was super fascinating to watch what happened. I remember one young man came and I was sitting on his phone and he said, I'm cold. And I told him, I said, pick up that 80 pound bag of cement and carry it over here. And uh, he said, I'm doing that. And he left, you know? So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess he wasn't meant to be here, you know? So uh, these things are, are hard, but then there was young one, young, young man, Cavell. And I picked up this power tool and I was cutting this sonic tool, sonic tube to lay the cement for the foundation. And I said, do you want to try this? He says, no, I, I'm scared. And I said, well, you're going to do it anyways. Try it right now. And he did it once. And something clicked in him and he was there every day. We built that deck in the cold, working hard. And there was something, something profound that happened in him, some awakening that happened in him. And afterwards I said, Cavell, what's going on? Do you want to do more of this? And he said, yeah, I would love to. I said, okay, well, let, let me meet with your mom and cast a vision for what we're trying to do here. And met with his mom. And as I was explaining this program, she said, you know, Cavell is a good kid and, and, he's getting his diploma for me because he's a good kid, but there's no life in him. When he was building this deck with you, he would come home animated telling stories and showing me pictures, some spark awakened in him. She's like, I'm in. <laughs> I was like, I was not even really through with my presentation. She's like, I'm in. She had already seen the change in him. And so, and, and so this idea of how do we give someone dignity and challenge and you and I know in the trades, you're often berated and yelled at and screamed at, but there was at least that rite of passage. If you can endure the abuse <laughs> of these older guys through this rite of passage, and we don't yell and scream at these kids, but there is something about going through a rite of passage into manhood or that self-satisfaction. And so when Cavell showed up, what we call phase two at our apprenticeship program, when he was working on a job site with me at the house, the first day he showed up and his mom came and I I presented him with the tool bag and the tools that he needed. And I said, Cavell, you complete 80 hours with me and this tool bag is yours. If you flake out on me and you don't make it, I'm just going to give this tool bag to the next guy that comes, you know, <laughs> it was pretty intense. And his mom was like, he'll make it, he'll make it, you know? <laughs> so anyways, you know, and, uh, and I said this with love, you know, in my heart, I really did because I had a vision and I got to see this vision come true, you know? And so we worked him hard and he learned a lot. He, he had, we cut out a steam boiler that was 6,000 pounds and he was, he cut, I don't know, 50 pipes with a sawzaw. Uh, I had to teach him how to do it. And he was going slow at first, but I mean, he, he worked and he carried and he worked hard. And, and there was many other things that we did in the midst of this whole thing. And he hit and he, and he came to me and said, Justin, I made my 80 hours. <laughs> I said, and I looked at that tool bag and I looked at him and I said, Cavell, that's your tool bag. Well done. Nice. And he stood up tall he literally i watched it. he stood up when i was saying that and his shoulders right a huge smile went across his face you know and i was like well done Cavell. well done and i i we've asked this question at these moments they make me emotional because i'm like gosh i know something transpired inside of him yeah. where he didn't receive a handout he didn't receive just pity he received dignity worth and he's learned a ton in this whole thing and so there's so much more uh, that we need to do, but this idea of how do you help someone who is poor? How do you help them 
and work and break this generational poverty. And so he's now got a vision where he wants to go. School's been super challenging for him. Uh, and I don't think he's even passed all the grades or whatever, but he now has a vision. He now has a path. He now has excitement. It was just crazy. We had our phase one class in there and and they got done a little bit early. So I said, go down and watch Henry and Cavell work. And so Cavell was teaching this group of white suburban kids how he was putting in this outlet. <laughs> and they were all watching him and he was teaching them, you know. And I said, man, what, what a difference this kid's life is. He's now in a place where people are watching him and looking up to him and wanting to hear his story. And it's not because he's just a funny guy or he's a celebrity. He's actually adding value. Uh, and when you come and you watch Henry and Cabell work, it's sort of like, wow, they kind of know what they're doing. That's impressive. And, and they form this team, Henry's my son and Cabell, they form this team of working together. I'm calling them like the dream team because they're just knocking stuff out and learning and working together and forming a friendship. And it's really beautiful of how we do this thing. So as we think about the CAP program and our heart to break generational poverty, um, this is our attempt as we know it. We have a ton more to learn, uh, but a <laughs> ton more wisdom to gain. I know it. Uh, I hate learning and so painful, but I know there's more to learn. But I hope and our prayer is that this is something that will actually change somebody's life with a different vision, a different philosophy of what it's going on. So it's been pretty powerful. And so thank you, Jerry, for your help and getting this going and, and all the other people that are helping get this thing off the ground. It's been yeah. super helpful. Well, just real quick, I, you know, and, and I, you and I've talked about this a lot as well as I live in Newport, Kentucky, and that job site where you built that deck was just on the border of Clifton and, and OTR. And I, don't, I can't remember the name of the street. Um, yeah, Clifton Street. Yeah. Was it Clifton Street? Mm -hmm. and it, it looked like a war zone. And, you know, one of the things that was convicting to me is that, my gosh, this is five minutes from my house. And I have said to myself, many times and still do, you know, somebody else is going to take care of that. You know, somebody else will take care of that. Somebody else will take care of that. Somebody else will do something about it. And, and then I thought, gosh, what can I do about it? You know, what, what can I, 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 you know, what, what do I have that would add any value to some of those, some of the kids that just have different obstacles, you know, all kids have obstacles, Justin, but the, the, the urban kids have different obstacles. Um, and, you know, what can we do to help them overcome those obstacles and not doing it for them? They've got to climb over it, but how can we get alongside them or be an encouragement to them or a resource for them as they're climbing through their stuff? Mm -hmm. but, and I know you've got a high value for people, you know, working, you know, working diligently to um, do the best they can to learn what they can learn and not sit back and wait for somebody to hand them something. So I appreciate, yeah. appreciate the way you're leading that as well. So yeah. that's good stuff. All right. Well, pray us, uh, pray us out into our Monday. And, um, and again, I appreciate who you are and what you're doing, Justin. It's good stuff, my friend. Yeah. All right, Father, thank you for your book and your word that has wisdom in there. Uh, and there's stuff that we can gain from that. And I continue to pray you give us more wisdom, Lord. I just don't want to continue doing works that are fruitless, that feel like I'm doing the right thing, but there's not fruit, Lord. And so I just pray for the wisdom to do yeah. fruitful work. God, that may we be a blessing to the kingdom and blessing to others. Uh, yeah, Lord, just help us help this tribe be a blessing. And Lord, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. 
not cynicism, not apathy, but give us wisdom and how to help the poor. Uh, we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well done.